What up, what up, what up? Real Coach AB right here live on the Coach AB Show right here on this fearless Friday. Make sure you know I'm rocking this Friday the 13th shirt. I know it ain't Friday the 13th, but damn it, it looks good because Jason strikes on Fridays. It's fearless Friday today. Can't wait to get after it. Uh, Got a lot to discuss. Brandon Lang will join me. Betting extraordinaire. We're going to talk about Super Bowl plus the NBA. Uh, We're going to talk some referees. Jerry Jones making excuses. Jalen Hurts joins elite company and why nobody wants to coach Kyler Murray. All that brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off welcome bonus. And you know Canadips is here. CanadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB and get you some clean dip. Um... 20% 20% off using the code COACHJB, all caps. And if you want a bar built at your house, in your garage, in your studio, and get one like I got in the Slapdick Cigar Studio, Kionis Builds, Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z-B-U-I-L-D-S. Kionis Builds on Instagram. Go hit them up. They're the best bar builder in Southern California. All that, we're going to get after it today. Brandon Delane joins me in a little bit. Uh, can't wait to get after it. Man, we've got a, lot of, a little great show in store for you today. Uh, it's going to be a real one. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you pound the like button and tell a friend. Come on over to YouTube. We are live. I'll see you on the other side. Let's get after it. Uh, Sean Salisbury and I did a uh, last chance Q session last night for about three hours, live watch party. Uh, we watched the East-West Shrine game together, and we broke down a little bit of Joe Burrow. Next week, we're going to break down Mahomes and Jalen Hurts all week long uh, as, as we prepare you for the Super Bowl. We're going to give you a bunch of Super Bowl breakdowns as to what to look for during the Super Bowl. So don't miss next week's uh, Last Chance Q sessions. Uh, we're going to break that down. Brandon Lang joins me this morning in about 25 minutes, uh, live from Las Vegas, where the Pro Bowl skills and drills are being held, held by Peyton and Eli Manning. If you didn't watch it last night, the skills and drills, Derek Carr, who's a Las Vegas Raider, uh, ex-Las Vegas Raider. He's going to be traded any day. Uh, he ripped it. He ripped it. He had a 31-point performance. He had a 31-point performance. And, uh, you know, here's a little glimpse. He left before. He's going to be on a new team. Yep. I think he wants to show a little something out there here. You go. And he hits the, the four right off the I ain't the missing back. the beat. Uh-oh. There you go, back to back. He said, listen, I'm the career leader in passing yards and touchdowns for the Raiders. Let me show them what they're missing. I ain't missing the beat, baby. Come on now. It's three. There you go. That is. Remember, he needs 16 points. He's at. He doesn't. Wow. He got 16. Come on now. He got 16. There it is. Hey, look. Derek Carr looked good last night. Guess what? He looks good all the time in shorts and T-shirts. 
That's not Derek Carr's problem. Derek Carr can throw it with anybody, but that's not his problem. He can't play with pads on. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to get into this Derek Carr thing. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, you know what kills me? This thing right here. Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he act like he just won a Super Bowl. Motherfucker, you threw 31 points in a moving drill game. Come on, man. Calm down. You were wearing shorts. You've not, You've done nothing in your life, in your career. You've done nothing. You played nine years. You are who we thought you were. We know who you are, Derek Carr. You are good in shorts. Nobody cares. Look it. Dog, the bottom line is you can't get it done. And uh, listen, look good throwing the ball last night against uh, air, but that's not what this game is. Sorry. Um, quote of the day. The devil whispers, you cannot withstand the storm. The warrior replies, I am the fucking storm. Let that resonate. Uh, a lot of you guys are too soft to understand that quote and can't grasp what I just said. Uh, a lot of you just take what the person tells you and rolls over and takes it in the ass. Basically, that's what you do. So I love when people tell me I can't withstand the storm. I do reply that I am the fucking storm. <laughs> So uh, make sure that uh, resonates with you. Hopefully it helps somebody out get through the day today. Contrary to belief, brought to you by Canadips. Uh, never live with regrets. Good days happen and give us happiness. Bad days give us experience. And the worst days give us lessons. The best days give us memories. That is the contrary to belief brought to you by Canadips. That is the only one I have today. Um uh, Remember, I do all these myself, and uh, just so you know, I thought that was a good one because a lot of you guys don't realize uh, I don't live in regrets. Good days happen. They give us happy thoughts. Bad days give us bad experiences, good and bad. And the worst days gives us lessons. I never lose. I win or I learn. That's just how I live. I live like I win or I live like I learn. I don't live like I lost. If you live that way, you're screwed. You're already lost. You lost coming out the damn womb. Uh, poll question. Is Patrick Mahomes top five of all time? Is Patrick Mahomes top five of all time already? Uh, I say no, not even close. But drop your guys' comments in the section below right here on YouTube. Make sure you come on over if you're on TikTok or anything else. Come on over. He's not top five. He's not even close. He's thrown two touchdowns and two Super Bowls, people. Four interceptions. Calm down. Pump your brakes. He is not top five four years into the NFL. Stop disrespecting all the people ahead of him. That's what's wrong with you damn social media folks. You think these cats are top five already? Come on, man. No, he's not even close. Stop talking top five. Let's see him win four more Super Bowls. Then we start talking. Let his maturation happen. Let this cat show us that he's top five. Cats have already put him above Aikman, Marino, Montana, Steve Young. I'm like, Elway. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Peyton Manning. You're not even above Eli Manning yet. 
Come on, man. So you're already above Aaron Rodgers too? Now, if you win this week, next week, you're going to be above him in Super Bowls. So now people could argue there's an argument. That is why Aaron Rodgers got to get him another ring at least. Or Aaron Rodgers could be considered a bust. Aaron Rodgers is on the bubble of being a bust. I'm just telling you right now, you cats can't handle the truth. You guys think Aaron Rodgers is the prettiest ball spinner of all time. He is. I didn't say he wasn't. Derek Carr's a great ball spinner, too. <laughs> but you ain't winning no Super Bowls, and you can't beat the 49ers, and you cannot. You've won one Super Bowl, dog. I got So has Matthew Stafford. Guess what? Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl in his first year on a new team. In his first year on a new team, Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. Makes you question how much he could have won in Detroit if he was ever on a good franchise. And now you got to start questioning. If Matthew Stafford wins another one, do you put him on Aaron Rodgers' level or above? Hey, just a real argument. A lot of you cats can't fathom that. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that won Super Bowl. Um, but if you don't listen to what I say on a daily basis, then you have no idea what my criteria entails. So it's not just about winning Super Bowls. It's about a lot of things. Aaron Rodgers checks the boxes, ball spinner, talent, skill, arm strength, accuracy, uh, it factor, but one Super Bowl. He has one, so we already put him in the top one percenters of all time, but he's got to win a few more to be in my Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, just so we're clear. Got to win a couple more, at least one more. Shit. Um, but what do I know? Uh, I love when the people say, I'm addicted to hating on brothers at QB. Well, I would love to see your resume. And uh, I love when cats... By the way, how many black quarterbacks are in the chat that played for me right now on YouTube? Oh, Alan, raise your hand. Uh, all you guys, raise your hand. Let me Let me break it down real quick. First of all, I think I've coached like two white quarterbacks in my 20 years of coaching. I think everyone else has been black. I think I've sent 20 black quarterbacks division one. Uh, but what do I know? And I think I'm on record hating on Carson Wentz. You guys call it hate. I call it the truth. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr. I've been talking about Derek Carr this whole morning. Is he brother? <laughs> See, this, that's the problem with you TikTokers. Because you guys are soft. You pussy. You're a little baby on TikTok who would crumble in my presence. <laughs> you would crumble in my presence. Because ignorance is life-threatening. We all know that. Um, we're here on this Friday. Uh can't wait to get after it. We got a lot of things to discuss. Aaron Rodgers says no to San Francisco right out the gate. He already said no to San Francisco. Um, he basically says no to San Francisco, takes a swing, and he's golfing up in a pro-am at Pebble Beach. And he said, no, I'm not going to San Francisco. Are the 49ers dirty? Uh, that should be another uh, question. I love to hear... People get mad at teams when when they see them doing certain things. Uh, there's a clip out there of them socking the football. Man, that's football to me. That's what we used to do. We used to sock the ball just like that. 
He used to suck the ball just like that. Contrary to belief. Um, that was trying to get. A, that was trying to cause a fumble. That's great ball security by that guy. You sure he can't get the ball out? What do you want to do? How is that dirty? He don't hit. He's not hitting him. That's how soft we are now, dog. We are so soft that when you see a cat violently doing an act in football by punching the football, y'all think he's that's dirty? Y'all think that is dirty football now? Oh my god, you guys are soft. TikTok, I'm out of here, man. You guys are too soft for me. Um, so eat a dick. Uh dog, how is that dirty? I, I'm so confused. You motherfuckers are so soft. We are so soft. Now, that's dirty. That's dirty now. Come on, man. God damn. We're so soft, dog. We are so soft. Um, You know what's soft? You know what's soft? This is soft. This is soft. That is soft. See, that is straight pussy right there. And that shows you that this kid has no daddy at home beating his ass, no mama who gives a fuck. And you wonder why we have a problem out here. Every single fucking day, there's a video of some fights in class, a fight with a teacher, a fight with a boy hitting a girl. I wish I was a bus driver. Because that kid would have been thrown out in the motherfucking street. But see, we're not making no examples of these motherfuckers. And then I would have went over to his daddy's house and dropped his motherfucking ass off in his front lawn. See, that's the problem. Dog, it makes no sense. This big-ass kid hitting a little girl. In a bus where he can't move. Like, dog, this shit blows my fucking mind. The parenting continues to blow my fucking mind. Uh, Joe, Joe Mixon. Um, oh, yeah. Jail ain't even the case, dog. I'd be knocked. I'd be already fucked. Joe, Joe Mixon, uh, arrest warrants been uh, issued for aggravating menacing. I don't know what aggravating menacing is. Apparently, he told a girl that you should be shot in your face. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Bengals and, 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 and teams like the Bengals. Teams in the offseason, they either are quiet and do their work and get back to another Super Bowl because they have a lot of talent like the Bengals do. They got to shore up their O-line. They got a pretty damn good defense. They got a great offense. The Bengals can get back to the Super Bowl, and Burrow better know he has to win him a couple Super Bowl rings, right? So we can start talking about him as being the GOAT. Him and Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and all and Trevor Lawrence and, and you got Tua and you got all these guys on, on in the AFC that everyone's going to talk about for the next few years. Um, if Tua can get through fucking concussion protocol, how about Tua's been cleared, fellas, for uh, off concussion protocol after a fucking month? By the way, after a month long concussion protocol. That should be alarming, people. I, that should be very alarming if you are a Tua fan. One month, one month it takes for you to clear concussion protocol. We have a problem, Houston. 
I don't know if I'm ever stepping on a football field again. If I'm to his family and telling that motherfucker, hey, dog, you made enough money. Let's go do something else so we can live a long life and use the money we make. Because right now, a month-long protocol for a concussion after three other concussions, I ain't fucking with it no more. I ain't fucking with it no more. Um, but nobody asked, nobody's talked about Tua taking a, having a month-long concussion protocol. We're worried about Hamlin. If he's fake or alive or dead or whatever, that's fucking unbelievable, man. Um, so this is back to my tank. You got all these quarterbacks in the AFC that are really good. You got a team like the Bengals where Burrow can lead them to a Super Bowl. But you have Mixon. You have Joe Mixon, who's now has an arrest warrant issued. The Bengals are going to either be the Bengals again, like we know the Bengals, shitty, or they're going to show up. They're going to show up and do their work in the offseason and act accordingly and be quiet and get back to a Super Bowl. Or they're going to piss down their leg like a lot of shitty franchises who haven't won a Super Bowl yet do. So are the Bengals going to bangle or are they going to fucking shut the fuck up and get back to work? The first sign is they're going to start bangling and this is the shit you're going to get. But a lot of guys, you don't understand that shit. You don't understand how that shit works. Coach Lawson, uh... Carol Lawson, if you know who that is, she's the head women's basketball coach at Duke. Very interesting take if you haven't heard her talk. Carol Lawson. Duke played Florida State, and I don't know if you've heard this story. Nobody's going to talk about it because it's women's basketball, so no one's really going to break it down or talk about it. Um, but... A men's ball was used in the entire first half of the game. A men's ball was used in the first half of the Duke-Florida State women's basketball game. And nobody was talking about it. Carol Lawson's came out since and said it makes the women's game seem irrelevant, incompetent, and very, very minuscule on a large scale of athletics. Carol Lawson's pissed. I don't know how nobody noticed, like, how do the women play in 20 minutes of a, a half or 15 minute half, whatever you play, and nobody cared and nobody knew? That was what's interesting to me. I would know if the ball was not the same ball we use on a daily basis. But that is basically saying, you know what? Play with what the hell we give you. You don't mean shit. And that is what Carol Lawson kind of said. Uh, I agree with her totally. She said the people drop the ball. It just makes women's basketball look even worse. But remember, though, remember, remember, it's all the men's fault for not showing up to the women's basketball games. Remember that shit. <laughs> but there's not a fucking woman in the stands watching you guys. And nobody watches your WNBA and nobody gives a fuck. I love Carol Lawson. I love what she stands for. I love what she's doing. But she's right. It makes the women's game look even more incompetent and that's the problem about it uh that is why uh when you talk about the WNBA and all these different things it's like come on man there if you're, if you're going to be taken serious you got to get on a serious level you're, you're taking charter flights um I mean come on it's unbelievable the way that they treat them it, it that's why I'm like dog don't do it don't even do it um there's a reason Brittany Griner went to Russia because the WNBA don't fucking pay enough. <laughs> <laughs>
Come on, man. Everyone wants to talk that shit. Well, no, she's dumb as a fucking rock. But you still, there's a reason you went to Russia. Because the WNBA don't pay no money. Jalen Hurts can uh, can a join elite company. Uh, Marcus Allen, Reggie Bush, Tony Dorsett, and Charles Woodson. Super Bowl champ, national champ, and a Heisman winner. Very, very elite company. Uh, two USC guys right on the top there. Tony Dorsett, Charles Woodson. Um, get rid of this poll question. Um, now Jalen Hurts can join this elite company. Um, can Jalen Hurts join this company? Can he beat Mahomes in Kansas City? I think the Eagles have the better team. I think their defense is unbelievable. I think their, uh, their O-line is great. I think it'll still make Kansas City's D-line. And I think it'll be a great game. But I think uh, the Eagles are going to get it. I think Jalen Hurts will be the fifth guy ever to join this elite company. Super Bowl champ, national champ, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, if you didn't know that, that's what happens. Tony Romo's taking heat. Apparently, he's pissing off a lot of folks, especially for the money he's got. But he is god-awful. Like I said two years ago, I have the receipts. When all you swore by him, I was saying this motherfucker is garbage. CBS has attempted an intervention with broadcaster Tony Romo in advance of the 2022 season. Things did not get better. Romo signed a 10-year, $180 million contract with CBS in 2020 after rising quickly to start his career but suffered a decline. He, I remember Pat McAfee and them talked about him drinking Tony Coronas, right? They called him Tony Corona or whatever. I mean, dog, he is bad. He made that game, Cincinnati and the Chief game, so bad to listen to. Uh, I don't know how you listen to that game. He is horrible. He is horrible. So Tom Brady's going to replace him. You already know the deal. Or somebody like that. Even though Tom Brady's with Fox, you're going to get, uh, you know, Greg Olson, I think, is the best announcer, period. Uh, I said that when he started on the USFL two years ago during COVID. Nobody wanted to listen. Um, but what do I know? Um, Romo's lost his shit. He look, He sounds horrible, man. He's fucking horrible. He even makes uh, old boy with him even sound worse. Uh, Romo needs to give it up. I called him out on Twitter. He actually responded back to me a couple years ago. I'm like, dude, everyone thinks you're good, but you can't even draw up protection right. And he laughed because he knows. He ain't t- putting no work in. He didn't even know who the fuck anyone was in the game the other day. There was guys injured. He was calling them out live on the game. He's doing no work for $180 million. He can give a fuck less. And CBS sees it now. And I think uh, they're going to try to get his ass out of there. Giannis eclipses 50 for the third time in 11 games while LeBron chases Kareem. All the talk is LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Quietly, Giannis is scoring 50 a game. Um, Why does KD always have beef um, with with legends on Twitter. Why is KD always into it with some type of legendary cat? Again, this is why I truly believe this is why 
We have a young person problem in America. This is why we don't respect authority. This is why we don't pay homage or respect to the forefathers who paved the way in the NFL, in basketball, in baseball, whatever it may be. KD always has beef with somebody on Twitter. And then he wants to come out later and act like he's cool with him. Come on, man. This motherfucker says Shaq don't know ball. I love when Shaq talks back because Shaq talks back and nobody really is going to fuck with him. And Shaq's like, I don't need to. I'm the most ball-dominant baller ever. And he's like, uh, like, if you can see these things, like, I don't know ball, but I know how to brush my hair or decide to cut it when it's going bald. Uh, the bus driver, because him and Charles Barkley called his ass uh, a guy just on the bus. And 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 Kareem and Shaq and, and Magic and Kobe all are all bus drivers. I don't think that uh, KD's the bus driver. We all know that. But why is he always into it with somebody? Why is he always into it with somebody? Like, man, this motherfucker's always on a new team. It's like, dog. You know, it's it's on 2023-23, which is 2-3-23. You know, it's Michael Jordan Day, apparently, right? 2-3-23. So we're calling this Michael Jordan Day. Can you fucking believe this shit? Well, on Michael Jordan Day, uh, apparently everybody else wants to talk about fucking KD, Shaq beef, KD, Charles Barkley beef, KD, whoever beef. He got it beef with somebody all the time. And he's not even fucking playing. You're not even playing. You're not even available half the fucking season, KD. Like, this motherfucker's killing me. Jerry Jones makes another excuse for why his team, um, why his team, why a team in his own division is in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jerry Jones says the Eagles bet it all to win this year, just as the Rams did last year. Jones says the Cowboys prefer to think longer term. Get the fuck out of here, Jerry Jones. You are senile. Eddie Manyweather, where are you at? You are going senile, Jerry Jones. You either adapt or die, my friend. Adapt or die. Stephen A. Smith, why don't you talk to your homeboy, Jerry Jones? The Rams won a Super Bowl, though. You rather go long, prefer to think long term. What the fuck are you preferring to? You haven't won a Super Bowl since 90 fucking five. Is that long term? Dog, you can say what you want. The Rams got a Super Bowl last year. You can say what you want. The Eagles are probably going to get one this year. NFC teams getting Super Bowls. Tampa Bay Bucks got a Super Bowl. Where are you at, Dallas Cowboys? Jerry Jones, you are the fucking problem. Step aside. Let somebody else run the day-to-day. You are fucking it up. You don't get to get with the times. This is what teams do. They go pay all the money up front, get them one ring, and then they'll have a couple fucking five, six down years. I'd rather have a Super Bowl, though, after 30 fucking years, though. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody has them. Jerry Jones makes excuses for his franchise and rival Eagles looks bad. It's a bad look. I'm just going to be honest. That shit is a very bad look. Here's something that Donald Trump said that I agree with. 
Trump says he wants to pass a bill that only recognizes genders as male and female in the U.S. So men can't play women's sports. Clap it up for Trump. You know me, I'm no, I am nowhere near a Trumper. But God damn it, if he does that, I'm going to have to vote. I've never voted in my life. I've never voted in my life. I will have to vote for that shit right there. We need that in like a bad fucking day. We need this thing so bad right there. Shit, I need that. We need that. We need that. Um, that's something I could agree on. Uh, yeah, you know. We need that shit like a motherfucker. Now, I, I would never vote for the motherfucker. I don't vote for any of them. I wouldn't vote for Biden. I wouldn't vote for Trump. I wouldn't vote for none of these 80-year-old motherfuckers. I can't believe we can't find a 45-year-old. Just a younger, fucking energetic motherfucker that can relate to everybody. <laughs> like... Uh, why we can't find that motherfucker? But I do agree. Uh, we need to fucking uh, we need to drop our nuts, and and I would love to see that. I would love to see that bill passed. We need that bill bad, don't we? I think we need that bill bad. I need we, we need that bill bad. Brandon Lang joins us. Hey, Brandon, we need this bill right here, don't we? I don't know what the bill is, bro. You gotta, you gotta fill me in on, on the bill. Bro. Trump, Trump, Trump says we want to pass a bill that only recognizes gender as male and female in the U.S., so men can't play women's sports. Bullshit. Let trannies do whatever they want, bro. We need a tranny power forward. Six three, drop dead gorgeous. Just, hey, just. Are you on your phone? Yeah, I'm trying to get it set up. Hey, turn it sideways. Yeah, yeah, we like to see. We like to see the motherfucker that's on all the dating apps rip that shit. Hey, let me, hey, let me ask you something. Uh, yeah, show that two for the money magazine. Hey, uh, we uh, just saw it last night. What do you mean the trannies are in full effect? Did you not see Dylan Brooks get it? Grab the ball sack of 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 uh, Mitchell. Here we go. Let's watch the video. Grab this nuts. Turns out to be another malice in the palace. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. Watch the nut grab. Right here. I watched it already. Like, now let me be honest with you, Brandon, on this one. If, if, if Mitchell slammed Dylan Brooks... Probably because, you know, he he has estrogen, not testosterone. If he if he could slam him, what the hell would uh would uh Shannon Sharp have done to Dylan Brooks? Threw him in the stands. <laughs> Picked him up, and threw him in the stands. And, I'm and- trying to say, I'm trying to tell people. 
Listen, the chick that Dylan Brooks was with wasn't a transgender. That was an ex-girlfriend setting him up because she was pissed because he broke up with her. I got down to the bottom of that in one hour. So I remember, I remember that. I remember that big breaking news. We had a great, great banter that was about a year ago. That was a comical uh, time time of our show. There, uh, I got to ask you: I Is anyone following the NBA and, and and LeBron James trying to break Kareem's record? Uh, Giannis is quietly scoring 50 a night, uh, third time in 11 games. Who's the best player in the NBA right now? John Morant. Really? Uh, hold on. Well, no, no, let me rephrase that. John Morant's the most exciting player in the NBA. The best player in the NBA right now is Luke Doncic. Hands down. Hands down. I can't guard him. Can't hey, guard it's him. crazy, though. Giannis. Giannis is Giannis is right there with these fifty point games. I get it, but they, but he doesn't have the range that Doncic does from the three line. And you take Doncic off the Mavs, they're garbage. I mean, they are absolute garbage. You take Giannis off Milwaukee, they still got some great pieces around them that they can do some things. And when he's been banged up, they've played well. Um, so, but you take Doncic off the Mavs, they can't. They can't do anything. It's incredible how good yeah. he is. I got to be honest, though. Like, the, all these people out there saying that Larry Bird could not play in a day's age with the athleticism. I'm like, have you seen Luka dominate the NBA? Because I don't know if you realize, but he is not a Larry Bird, and he's dominating. He's a slow white guy who can't jump, and he scores 50 a night on all brothers. I bet you money Larry Bird could fucking do the same thing, if not better. So, Miss me with the whole slow, athletic white guy thing because Luca's killing this motherfucking league right now. Okay. Bird would have success, but Bird wouldn't be the way Bird was with some of these six, seven, six, eight athletic gazelles coming at him for literally 48 minutes. So um, Luca, Luca, is, Luca is more athletic than Larry Bird? Yes, you look at the way Luca goes to the hole. Look at the way Luca gets in the paint, hits the turnaround jumpers. Bird was an unbelievable spot-up shooter. Bird, Bird was probably, before Steph, probably one of the greatest shooters of all time. Luke can drive the lane and hit runners and hit floaters. Bird didn't drive the lane, hit runners and floaters. Bird did his baseline and stuff. I'm a, and I'm a Larry Bird fan, don't get me wrong. When I walked into gyms and played pickup, people would say Bird's in the house. Absolutely, 100%. Big Larry Bird fan. But at the end of the day, Larry Bird in this day and age, the only player from the path, Oscar Robertson in this day and age, the way the game was back then and the way the game is now and the athleticism that is in the game now and how the game has changed, it's a big difference, man. There's only so many players that you could bring from the past here to forward that would be successful in this NBA. Dr. J would be successful with his athleticism. Um, magic, just because of his size, the way he handled the ball. Larry Bird was 6'10". What's that? Larry was 6'10". I get it. But when you got a guy jacked up right in your grill, and you got to get the shot off on your own. In you this got- soft-ass league? In this soft NBA we're playing in? What? I'm just saying. I'm so disappointed in my main man, Brandon Lang, for saying this right now. I want everyone to know how disappointed I am. Listen, I like Larry Bird, and he would be successful. He would be very successful, but he wouldn't be the superstar back then in this NBA. 
If, be, uh, if, Luke, if Luca can do what he's doing, Larry would be twice Luke, as good. Luca's different. Larry, do you think Larry Bird could consistently hit a step back three? I don't know. He don't need to hit a step back three. He's going to hit all the threes. With the athletic talent of the 6'8", 6'9", defenders that would be on him, you have to have the step back three in this gen generation. Yeah, I get I get the step back three. All I'm saying, from an athletic standpoint, Bird's still going to get his shots and knock down an average 20 just because he was that great a shooter. But as far as the athleticism of getting stuff off the dribble with how good defenders are now, yes, if you if you take a watered-down uh, – Utah Jazz team, maybe, but you take the elite teams in the NBA now with defenders. Okay, let me ask you this. In their prime, LeBron guarding Bird in their prime. If LeBron played Bird one-on-one -on -one in their prime, who wins? LeBron destroys him just with the sheer size and athleticism. Larry's 6'10". LeBron's 6'9", same height. I, as I'm saying, but Larry gets a lot of discredit for it. They act like Larry Bird was 6'4". No, I'm not discrediting Bird, man. I'm saying Bird was fantastic. But you take LeBird to play LeBron one-on-one, -on -one, LeBron's winning that. I'll bet a million dollars on it. I don't problem. know, man. I'm a Larry Legend guy. Larry had nuts oh and guts. You, got, you, can't, you can't measure nuts and guts versus these ta this talent. And, and I don't see Luca being that much better of an athlete than Larry Bird. Sorry. Roll into the locker room after the game and smoke a couple cigarettes. You don't do that in the NBA now, bro. Hell yeah, you would. That's how great he was. Come on, man. Come on. Hey. All um, right. Enough. I didn't come on to talk about a garbage, garbage NBA. I didn't, I can't stand the NBA. Can't yeah. stand that. Watch it. The only guy I watch in the NBA is John and Steph Curry. Because the stuff Steph Curry does as a shooter, and I was a shooter, the stuff he does and the shots he makes, I just shake my head and say, this is unbelievable. That's it. There's only two players in the NBA I watch. I didn't watch LeBron. See, I don't I don't think Steph Curry could have played back in the day. You talking about physicality and lack of now? That motherfucker wouldn't – he ain't never bad. He would have got beat up. I agree with that. Uh <laughs> Hey, let's get to some betting. Um, Super Bowl, we're going to get uh, – first of all, the NBA, you liked Memphis last year. Uh, you said they could be a problem. They took Golden State to seven, the team that won it all. Like you said, they they would they would be a problem for that team. Ja got hurt in that in that series. Uh, this team talks a lot, Brandon, to a, for a bunch of guys who have not won shit yet. They sure talk like they've never lost a game. Uh, that is what the – I'm kind of – I'm like, dog, go out and win a fucking series and stop talking. Um, but what do you think about this uh, Memphis team and the West in total? I know you don't watch it, either do I, but the West seems like it's one game away from 12 seed to the four seed. The Clippers are in the four, and the next day they're in the fucking eight. I mean, it just is so tightly. I've never seen it the, the NBA this tight in the West. The Lakers are not even out of it. They're like two games out of the fifth seed. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, do the Lakers need to make a move? Can the Lakers win this year anything at all? And uh, who comes out of the West? First of all, when Memphis went into Golden State, and I believe they were right in their 12-game winning streak, Steph didn't play. There was three starters out. Clay was the only, Clay and Poole were the only two starters to play. I think Draymond was even out in the game. It was a Sunday. 
It's a Sunday afternoon game, and they went in there laying seven. And they were up 12 to start the fourth and talking all that trash. And Golden State came back and beat them. And I said right then, this team has some issues. This team has some problems. And they've looked average at best. Now, Adams is out. They lost last night to Cleveland. Uh, lost to Portland at home before that without Adams in the lineups. So no low post uh, in the paint presence. Um, I don't like them. There's something missing from this from this basketball team. They're exciting to watch. Whether it's the coach can't put his foot in their ass and get him going, I don't know. I don't like Dylan Brooks's game at all. Bain's a spot-up shooter. I think they got some weaknesses. Um, I don't like them. Um, coming out of the West. Um, Is Golden State still formidable? If they're fully healthy, yeah. If they're fully healthy. But – Right now, you just you look at Denver. Phoenix is banged up. Phoenix doesn't look right. You look at Denver, and you're like, they're just else? Denver, though. They're just Denver. So until they win something, although Jokic is an absolute beast, so I don't, I don't know. I think your NBA champions coming out of the East. I just do. Whether it's Boston, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Philly, although Harden's hit and miss with Embiid. Um, I think it's Milwaukee and Boston. The winner of that series wins the NBA title. I don't think the, the team out of the West wins the NBA title. So what happened with the whole Boston? I know uh, you got connections and you know a lot of these guys. What happened with the Boston coach who fucked the whole office and then didn't get the, the Nets job? Apparently he got the Nets job and then he didn't get the Nets job. They just said, fuck it, Jock Vaughn, John Muir, high school guy, Pasadena, California in the house. Uh, he's taking over. Whatever happened to that guy, Idami or whatever? He, he just fucking everybody and just walking around? Well, I immediately tried to go online and see a picture of the chick he was banging. You can't find her anywhere. Because I, I at least want to know, if you're going to sacrifice your entire career, that better be a bad bitch. That's and all. me along. I mean, that better be a bad bitch. So, with that being said, who knows? You make that kind of mistake, it's tough to get back in the league. It just is. So, we'll see what happens. Look at John Gruden. Look at John Gruden. Now he's an offensive assistant, so he's kind of snuck his way back in. Where's he at? Um, that's a good question. He just got hired as like an offensive assistant with some, um, in the Google, league? Google it real quick. Um, yeah. In the, in the, um, NFL, John's back in the NFL. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh. Uh. Rams. Yes, there it is. Wow. Yep. So well, he, he coached. He coached um, McVay. But as McRae, yeah, um, he he gave McVay his first job. He's a consultant. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's a consultant. Is but has McVay announced whether he's coming back or not? Yeah, he is. Well, that's why Sean Payton didn't take the Rams job because that's what Sean Payton was in L.A. for, expecting McVay to step down, go into the media. Uh, hopefully replace Tony fucking Romo's horrible ass, but he's not. And so McVay's staying. So then Sean Payton decided to take the Denver Bronco job. So uh, I do you think people think Tom Brady's going to be a great broadcaster. He's got no personality. I, I don't need, I, that's exactly right. I was like, dude, Brandon Lang's fucking 20,000 times better. You better put me and Brandon Lang in that booth. If you want to fucking get some ratings. Um, hey, <laughs> Why does anyone want this guy? Kyler Murray reportedly, uh, basically all head coaches are denying uh, going to play uh, coach this mental midget. 
he is a mental fucking midget. Um, he doesn't really. I mean, I think that the everything I've heard is they are like absolutely not. If he's our quarterback, or you got to get him off this contract, uh, or we're not taking a job. Sean Payton's been a day and a half with the Bidwells. Everybody thought it was a done deal. He said, "Fuck you." I'm I'm taking the weirdo fucking Russ Wilson. I'd rather have a weirdo than an absolute shitbird cancer. So I don't know. People are turning this job down, Brandon. They're turning down NFL head coaching job because of this fucking shitbird. Well, first of all, reports out of Denver's Sean Payton's going to have to change some things with Russell Wilson and his entourage coming into the building, and he wants a little separate office and all kinds of little things are coming out now about – Russ needs to cook. And I said during the season, the only thing Russ was cooking was crack. You know, just cook that cook that crack, Russ. Get the spoon. Get the spoon. Get the crack. Get the light. Sierra, get the lighter. It's in the drawer by the fridge. Get the lighter and the good crack. I put it in the silverware drawer. Get over here. Quick. Don't forget the rubber band. I mean, the man was <laughs> hey, on something. You ain't lying. The man was on something last year. So Sean Payton's got to go in there and fix all that and get that straight away. And I... I still don't like him taking that job. I don't. I he's got no no draft picks, no nothing. They they sold the farm, the worst trade since the Herschel Walker trade, and he took that job. I don't, I don't. And you're up in the cold, Denver, just based on having DeAndre Hopkins and a pretty good offensive line and a running game. Figure it out with the quarterback, man. You're in Scottsdale, Arizona, baby. I mean, come on, man. So I I think it's going to be a failure. Of multiple, multiple proportions. Hey, by the way, I just I just got a text message. John Gruden's not in the NFL at all. It's it's his brother Jay Gruden. Really? Yeah, okay. Jay's the one with the Rams. John's still not in the NFL. Um, okay. well, somebody just texted me. He watches the show. He's like, John's still not in the league. He's probably exiled. He's probably blackballed. Bro, he's fat. He's gained seventy five pounds. Has he really? Oh, he's a fat pig. Google recent John Gruden picture. He did an interview. He's fat as fuck. You got to see him. It's like the Chucky doll gained 100 pounds and went back on sale at Walmart. It's unreal, bro. He's got he's got fucking $200 million. I mean, he, he ain't hurting. Get a personal trainer and get your fat ass in the gym. Unbelievable, bro. Hey, man, you know when you're a coach and you don't have any – like you don't, you you lose your drive. How many coaches do you know, Brandon, in your life, basketball, football, or just somebody that's passionate about their profession, have been fired, have retired, or been blackballed, and either a die, Joe Paterno, die uh, right after they get fired or lose their job, or they become fat, uh, miserable. I mean, I've known so many coaches. A guy named Robert Taylor, rest in peace. Coach Chad Johnson, Steve Smith, Isaac Bruce. This is all at a JUCO, Santa Monica Junior College. One of a, a California legendary co uh, coach. He coached all those guys at Santa Monica. He got fired for bullshit, like a bullshit witch hunt. He was like 60 years old, 65 at the time, maybe. And three weeks later, died. Because, And I've known so many of these stories, and it's like, Man, John Gruden better be careful. He's going to blow up, blow up. Is he out there with you uh, in Vegas? No, but as far as Paterno is concerned, and, and, and I had this take on Paterno. You're sitting in your office. McCray, the quarterback, walks in your office, sets down, and says, I just came out of the locker room. 
and saw Jerry Sandusky getting his dick sucked by a boy. And Joe Paterno sits there with the Pepsi bottle glasses, and he's sitting there going, are you sure you saw that? I Five minutes ago, he was in the shower and had a little boy in there sucking his dick, Joe. Okay, I'm just telling you, 100% just saw it. Joe should have got up, drove over to Sandusky's house, went in the locker room and looked for him, and said, pack your shit and get off my facility and get the hell out of here. You cannot be part of this program. You are done. Full-fledged investigation. Call the president and get full investigation going right then and there. But what Joe do? It's his program. It's his university. It's his statue out front. He calls up the president and said, listen, you might want to investigate this. There might not be anything to it, but just investigate. The assistant the quarterback coach said this is what he saw, and let's just kind of investigate it. And what did they do? They swept it under the carpet. Why? Because Joe Paterno thought he was bigger than that. He thought he was, he thought he was God. And what happened? He got destroyed. And that's what happened. Nice job, Joe. And he went to the grave soon after. Couldn't get to the grave soon enough. He knew what was going on. It's your program. He knew Sandusky was doing some shit. Hell, Joe might have been in there banging Sandusky in the ass. Well, he's getting a blowjob. We don't know. We don't know, bro. But I'm just saying the shadiness that goes on in programs with coaches and shit, and it blows up, we don't know. Hey. I 1,000% agree. Uh, Joe Paterno absolutely knew because I people ask me, JB, what, so what What happened? What do you mean what happened? This what happened. Oh, how do you know everything, coach? Like, I, I get coaches to come into a meeting the next morning, and I'm sitting there. I already got the text, Brandon. You know I know what the fuck's going on in my program. You think I'm ignorant and I'm not going to know that you had a fucking stripper in the dorm last night, motherfucker? And then, and then they act like, damn, JB knows everything. Because when you sit in this seat, you are accountable for the whole thing. Yeah. McCray was just responsible, Brandon. He was just the responsible guy. He was responsible for his position and what he saw. He came to the accountable one, who we thought was accountable, and said, hey, coach, you got a problem here. You got this little wee-wee sticking in this guy's mouth, and uh, I think we got a problem. Ah, you didn't really see what you didn't see, man. Go, go, Go get the quarterback room ready to go. Listen, I will go to my grave believing this. Joe Paterno loved trannies. I guarantee Joe Paterno loved trannies. I guarantee it. Joe Paterno took it in the ass from trannies. I'm going on record right now. I'm telling you right now. Joe Paterno, Bill Belichick, tranny lovers. Absolutely. I'll just with Bill in Vegas, man. You got on their computer and you went into their safari history. Tranny porn, guaranteed. Paterno and Bill Belichick. <laughs> All right, listen, I only got like five minutes. Um, great job by Philadelphia. I came on your show, talked about they're going to blow Niners out. They did. I don't care if Purdy got hurt or didn't get get hurt. They were never going to win that game. They couldn't stop Philly's run game. Ran for a buck 44 and probably could have ran for a lot more. But once they got up by three touchdowns, they just basically ran out the clock. As far as Cincinnati and Buffalo is concerned, um, I would have had more respect for Joe Burrow, if he would have got up in that press conference and took ownership of losing that game for his team, much the way Dak Prescott did. Dak Prescott said, my defense played well enough for us to win this game, and I failed us. I failed us. It's on me. I got to play better, and I assure you I'm going to do everything I can to play better that this doesn't happen again. Joe Burrow's defense got him the ball back twice in the last seven minutes of that game. 
He had a second and three on the first possession at his own 40-yard line. You're 20 yards away from a winning field goal. He threw deep twice when he had the check down to the tight end right in front of him. They punted. Got the ball back again. Got it up to the 35-yard line. It was second down and eight. He had the tight end and the running back open for a six-yard gain to set up third and two. He threw long. He threw long. They punted. And then everything led to the, the chaos. But if you watch that last play that led to the personal foul penalty, the defensive end Hubbard on the left side rushes up the field. Now, you've set the edge. You can't let Mahomes get outside you. Mahomes took two steps up in the pocket. Hubbard panicked, went up in the pocket. If you watch, if Hubbard stays where he's at, when Mahomes went in the pocket, the pocket was collapsing from the inside. Mahomes had nowhere to go. He was going to be sacked game over. But because Hubbard takes two steps on the inside with Holmes, he gives up the edge. And everything else after that was the result of Hubbard not doing his job. And nobody, Coach, nobody pointed that out on Monday. It was the personal foul penalty. Mahomes running on one knee. He's a great God. He's this and that. If Hubbard does his job, we are in overtime and we don't know what happened. So now, the Super Bowl. And all I'm going to say, because I don't know who I'm picking yet, but I'm going to say this. Only once and only twice in history has the number one pass offense met the number one pass defense. Oakland Raiders had the number one pass offense, played Tampa Bay with the number one pass defense. Tampa Bay blew them out. Defense wins. Denver, Seattle. Peyton Manning, 179 touchdown passes that year. Number one pass offense against Legion of Boom, number one pass defense. Blowout. Defense wins again. This is the third time we've had that matchup. If you think the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs is going to beat up on the number one offensive line in the NFL that just had their way with the Niners, then you use the Kansas City Chiefs. Conversely, if you think that offensive line of Kansas City is going to hold up against the number one pass rush in the NFL and block them, then you go with Kansas City. And that's what you have to ask yourself. In the interior, you have a superior D-line of the Eagles. You have a superior offensive line of the Eagles. So it comes down to this. Can Jalen Hurts play an air-free game to win the Super Bowl? He may not have to. He may be able to manage the game because they're going to be able to run the football. Because if Jalen Hurts plays the way he did last Sunday, they can't win the Super Bowl. He didn't throw the ball well, but he didn't need to. So those are the questions over the weekend that I have to ask myself. Mahomes has played eight Super Bowl quarters. He's had one good half of a quarter. Two touchdowns in two games. That's it. He had four garbage quarters against Tampa Bay. He had three and a half garbage quarters against the Niners. And if not for two, Chris Jones batted ball down on consecutive third downs against the Niners, they don't win that Super Bowl. So it's not like he's been great. And they've not had to go on the road to win a playoff game, they've had home field advantage for his entire playoff career, which is why he gets to Super Bowls. He struggles a little bit. So we'll see. I got I got another three days before I release it. And, uh, you know, next Friday on your show, we'll uh, we'll hammer it out. Hey, we may be doing it live from Radio Row. You in there? Are you going next week? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there Sunday playing a little golf and then Monday on Radio Row. So I'll do your thing on Radio Row. All right, well, uh, we'll get with Pat. We're going to chill with Pat. Pat's in Saudi Arabia now. They play today, tomorrow, on Saturday. They'll come back. He'll be back Monday. I'm staying at his house. 
Uh, we got to get you up there, barbecue, chill, and then uh, we'll see you at Radio Row. And then I'm coming back home for the Super Bowl um, for a little party that I'm hosting. But uh, we'll get together and golf, and I'll beat the shit out of you in golf. Okay. I'll give you two aside. <laughs> hey, no, hey. Yeah. Don't walk around the strip, man, looking for those fuckers this week. No, no, no. I Listen, I didn't say that one word one time. It was a successful show. Uh, oh, it definitely was. Hey, you catered to my uh, fan base. I appreciate you. Got it. I'll talk to you during the week. Later. Brandon Lane, as always, you can love him or you can hate him. Uh, he's going to be him. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. Um, way to start the morning. It's not even a fucking first hour yet. We've already talked about, it seems like, everything. Uh, it seems like everything. Um, holy shit. Brandon uh, drops knowledge. He does know his uh, sports. If you don't think he knows his sports, if you've never heard his real story or sat down with him, you need to try to do so. He has a very, very intriguing story, and that's why they made a movie about him, um, contrary to your belief. Um, and then I see guys like pregame fitness in the thing. Get him out of here. Why do you have him on? Shut the fuck up. Who do you, give me? Who are you going to give me on, motherfucker? Who are you going to put on the show? How about you give me some guests then? Motherfuckers always got to talk some shit. They don't know about nothing. You don't know the motherfucker. Shut up. I don't give a fuck if you don't like a motherfucker. Go watch another show then, homeboy. You got choices. Shut the fuck up. You motherfuckers are all bitch-made cats. A lot of you motherfuckers could not even last a fucking day in a fucking fruit fight, and you could have all the fucking fruit you wanted, you fucking soft fucks. Shut the fuck up. Like it or don't like it. Shut the fuck up. I'm tired of hearing you soft motherfucking pussies, man. God damn. That's why I'm going to vote for fucking... The, the, I'm going to vote for the whole fucking... Uh, right here. Pass the bill that's fucking make men men again. I don't give a fuck. If that's who it is, that's what I'm voting for. Shit. I want that motherfucking bill to be passed. So we don't have no more pussy ass takes like fucking pregame fitness. Shut the fuck up. Man, fuck the Bay Area, bitch boy. Shut your bitch ass up. Fucking Bay Area, these nuts. Motherfucker, please. I own California Juco, motherfucker. I am California Juco, motherfucker. You better ask somebody, bitch. You better go fucking ask somebody. Google that shit, homeboy. Fucking Bay Area, my ass. Motherfucker, Bay Area, these nuts. You soft pussy. You know shit about it. You couldn't play in Southern California when I played, motherfucker. That's why you're in the Bay Area. Shut your soft ass up. You motherfuckers love talking on the keyboard. Hey, motherfucker, I guarantee you, you see me in person, you want me to sign my book for your bitch ass. That's what I do guarantee, motherfucker. Stop talking that bullshit. Motherfucker, you wouldn't come down to where I'm from, homeboy. Stop talking that bullshit, you pussy motherfucker. You soft ass. I'm from the Bay Area. Get your fucking soft ass Bay Area ass out of here. You know what I know from the Bay Area? You motherfuckers like steers and queers, motherfucker. That's what I know about the fucking Bay Area, bitch. You couldn't come down to my motherfucking area of the neck of the woods. Stop that shit. Get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. Soft ass. Everyone I know from the base, pussy. 
pussy motherfucker, shut up. You couldn't handle my motherfucking ass in the streets, motherfucker. Take your soft ass up there to Modesto or wherever the fuck you from. The worst Juco in America is in Northern California, soft pussy. Shut the fuck up. That tells me a lot about your ass. I know you don't know shit talking about NorCal Juco. Get the fuck out of here. Go, go fuck with Romo, motherfucker. Go up there and fucking play with Romo, soft motherfucker. The Bay Area. Shut the fuck up. Well, hey, the Bay Area sure looks good right now, motherfucker. Uh, Josh Allen, where's he at? He played in a shitty-ass fucking Bay Area Juco. And the motherfucker ain't won a meaningful game yet. The only guy you got up there, motherfucker, is Tom Brady. Stop talking like you fucking run Juco. Get the fuck out of here, soft pussy. Uh, It is Fearless Friday. We got a major malice in the palace. Memphis, Cleveland, Dylan Brooks again. We wonder why Shannon Sharp would have choked the fuck out of Dylan Brooks because he's a weirdo fuck. And you know the bottom line is he wanted to get fucked up because Mitchell slammed your bitch ass. Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell slammed you after you grabbed his nuts. Shannon would have ended your season, homie. Shannon would have ended your fucking season, Dylan Brooks. Do you understand this? Do you understand the difference between Shannon Sharp and fucking Donovan Mitchell? Dylan Brooks, do you understand that shit at all? Do you realize there's a huge difference? Donovan Mitchell just threw you down with ease. Donovan Mitchell threw you down with ease. Are you kidding me? Like, you would have been in the fucking stands. And you want to think you're so hard. Dog, you are soft as pussy. The Memphis Grizzlies are the shittiest shit-talking team I've ever seen. You motherfuckers act like you're the Detroit Pistons. You motherfuckers ain't the Detroit Pistons, homie. You motherfuckers ain't one shit yet. And you all are, that's all you do is talk. I love when Clay Thompson talks shit about your sorry asses. He owns you motherfuckers. He absolutely owns you motherfuckers. Like, come on, man. Shit. Pre-game fitness, you still talking? First of all, capping is with two Ps. You are writing caping. So you can't try to talk shit if you can't spell, homie. That is what Northern California cats do. You can't even spell. You got so many dicks and balls in your jaws that you can't spell correctly. Capping has two Ps, okay? You just spell caping. C-A-P-I-N-G. That's caping. So unless you have a definition for caping... Shut the fuck up. You can't ever fuck with me in your finest fucking day, motherfucker. Shut up. You can't fucking hang with me. Get your bitch ass out of here. Shut the fuck up. Learn how to spell, motherfucker. Um, JB out here caping. <laughs> um, DTR looked pretty good last night. If you didn't watch the Shrine game, Sean Salisbury and I watched the Shrine game live. Uh, DTR, they won 12 to three. It was a shitty game. He looked pretty decent for the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks weren't great. There wasn't a lot of good quarterbacks in there. The Purdue quarterback possibly could play in the NFL. They had a kid out of Minnesota. They had a kid at, uh, Appalachian state. 
bigger kid, looked okay. Uh, DTR by far was the most athletic, gifted quarterback in the game last night. Uh, made some decent throws, uh, did some dumb things towards the end of the first half as well. Sean Salisbury and I broke that down. Uh, if you hadn't watched that game, did you did you not watch that game on that on uh, NFL Network? Wasn't a great game. I had the director on the show yesterday morning of the East West Shrine game. He did a hell of a job. Appreciate him coming on. But uh, uh, very interesting to say the least on all that shit. Um, a lot of people are talking about this fucking 49ers being dirty. I, I don't see them being dirty, but that's just is what it is. I got to get into this Kyler Murray thing um, real quick. Kyler Murray uh, basically has, has scared everyone off from coaching them. All right. I tell you guys all the time. One bad apple ruins a whole batch. Uh, the Cardinals are reportedly struggling to hire a head coach because nobody wants to fucking put up with Kyler Murray's shit. Basically, Kyler Murray. But what do I know? I think I've been saying this for how long now? Kyler Murray's a shitbird. It's clear as day. I would have never gave that dude that much money. He's a mental midget. He can't see over the line of scrimmage. He don't know where he's going with the football. He doesn't know protections. He doesn't know how to re-ID the mic. He doesn't know who's hot and who's not. He doesn't know about safety rotation. He doesn't know who the fuck's down over the slot and the safety five yards from him means somebody's coming, motherfucker, but you can't see that shit. You don't understand that shit. Therefore, that means give him $200 million? <laughs> you wonder why we're so fucking enabled nowadays in this fucking world? We are the most enabling motherfucking country and giving motherfuckers money for, for having done nothing. Like, what has Kyler Murray done? What has fucking Derek Carr done? What, has, what have these guys that got all this money done? And now I'm going to argue, what has Aaron Rodgers really done? Aaron Rodgers, if he does get traded, let's say to the Raiders, which it looks like that's the spot if he does play. I don't know how much money. I don't give him no $55 million. He has to, like, win a Super Bowl for me at, like, $40 million. Like, let's be honest. Before I give him another year, I'd give him a one-year deal, $40 mil. If you win me a Super Bowl, I'll give you $55 mil, like Michael Jordan got his last couple years. And he didn't get that big money till the end of his career, by the way, Michael Jordan. But nobody talks about that. Eric Dickerson never made a million dollars in a season and arguably the best running back of all time. I think Eric Dickerson's my number one. But that's just a whole nother debate. I don't want to hear everyone in the chat. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Eric Dickerson, number one running back to me. Either way, I don't care. If you don't agree, of Eric, you can put Eric Dickerson wherever you want in your list. But if you don't agree that Eric Dickerson deserved a million dollars in one year, you're out of your fucking mind. He never made it. The most he ever made was like 900-something thousand for the Indianapolis Colts when he got traded from the Rams and got his knees blown out, and his career ended up, he ended up going to the Raiders, and then the rest of his season career was kind of done. But for the Rams and even in the Colts' early years, he dominated the NFL. He's one of, the, he's one of a kind. For him not to make a million dollars is a travesty. And now you're paying these running backs who can't even make it through a season and you got guys like Saquon Barkley wanting $16 million a year. Eric Dixon's like, fuck, give me $16 million. You'll never see me miss a motherfucking game. 
But we got motherfuckers load managing, sitting out games, fucking for hangnails. 900 NFL injuries this year. 900 NFL injuries this year alone. Come on, man. I don't believe there's a quarterback in the NFL right now that is worth the money they're getting. I don't believe there's one NFL quarterback playing right now that is worth the money they are getting. That's real talk. That is absolutely real talk. There's not one quarterback in the NFL worth the money they are getting. I believe they're all being overvalued compared to being overrated. You know, I always say they're overrated and all this. I believe they're being overvalued because of how they perform. Why are we overvaluing these cats in such a manner? See, the market has been set so high. The market has been set to be so high for wide receivers, for running back. Quarterbacks set the marketplace with the Mahomes $500 million contract which is going to come back to bite the Chiefs in the ass. Just wait and watch. Just wait and watch. They're playing with house money right now. It's going to dissipate because the Schuster, Juju Smith, Schuster, and fucking these wideouts like Hardman and all these guys that aren't very good, when they go away, who can you sign? I'm just going to throw that out there. How are you going to re-sign Kelsey, and how are you going to sign another outside wideout threat? When you have no cap space because you spent $500 million on Mahomes. When you lose a left tackle and you can't re-sign a big-time one, how are you going to protect Mahomes? This roster is going to implode. I'm going to do a whole thing on this next week. Their roster is going to implode very, very shortly. And Mahomes better win him a couple of Super Bowls in the next couple of years. And, and if you ever want to even consider him as your top five and in this GOAT conversation of fucking quarterbacks, by the way, he ain't never coming close to Brady's two, seven Super Bowls, but y'all want to put him in the top five already? This motherfucker's thrown two touchdowns in two Super Bowls. <laughs> Brandon Lane just told you what he's done in fucking eight quarters of football in the Super Bowl. It's been arguably some of the worst Quarters in a Super Bowl history played. Eight quarters of Super Bowl. Mahomes arguably has played worse than any other quarterback in Super Bowl history. He's in a weak-ass division who's dominated because of his roster being front-loaded. And he's been in the fucking AFC title game every year. They play home games. He hasn't had to travel. Reminds me of the Patriots and Tom Brady when he was young. A horrible division, AFC East. Bills, Miami, fucking Jets. For 20 years, Tom Brady thrived. He made it to 10 Super Bowls because he never had to go on the road and he never had to play Baltimore, Pittsburgh, anybody, Denver, that was any good. And when he did, he lost. When he did, he lost. But nobody wants to talk about that shit because you guys don't really know football. You guys don't really know football. You just talk about what's happening right now. That's all you do. You talk about what's happening right now. You don't really know football. But see, if you really dive deep into football, you will see that, well, uh, damn, Tom Brady did go to 10 and lost three. Could have lost maybe five. But arguably, I would say if you put another quarterback in there, he never loses three. He wins 10. 
See, we can argue the flip side of that thing and say, maybe somebody else could have won 10 Super Bowls. But Tom Brady's lost three, could have lost five, was down 28-3 to in, in another one, should have lost. Like, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of conversation to be had about the GOAT. And uh, we already know, skill set-wise, Tom Brady's not even a top 25 quarterback of all time. We're talking skill set. But Tom Brady has pocket presence, which is a top five skill set of his own. He's got great mannerism in the pocket. He's got nuts in the pocket. He stands in there, makes the throw, and he has the it factor to get plays done in the end of games. He wins big games. Okay, having said that, Mahomes, you flip side it, has been in a bad division for his first four years for the most part. He's won every he's got a home field advantage every single year they've had a most loaded roster for arguably the first two seasons on under his watch and he should have had at least two super bowls arguably he should have lost the frisco 49er super bowl and he was should be owing two in super bowls but see nobody wants to talk about it all you think he's the goat now if mahomes gets dominated by the philadelphia eagles next week what are you going to say because, to be honest, he's been dominated three times in the Super Bowl. He's thrown two touchdowns. If Mahomes, I, and I don't tell you right now, I don't see him dominating and throwing six touchdowns in a Super Bowl and going off like an Aikman, Marino, I mean, uh, Montana, Steve Young. I don't see him going off on this defense. He has a tall task playing this Eagles defense next week in the Super Bowl. And if he doesn't have a hell of a, a game and he don't throw no touchdowns, and he throws some more picks. What are y'all going to say about him now? I'm curious. I want to know. But y'all putting him as a top five quarterback already in the NFL history? Get the fuck out of here, man. Top five already? Joe Montana's thrown 16 touchdowns in his Super Bowl, zero interceptions. Or 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Something like crazy like that. Joe Montana never threw a fucking pick in a Super Bowl. And 14 touchdowns. Dog, you know, realize how fucking hard, how far Mahomes has to go to be considered as a top five quarterback of all time? You're already putting him in the top five conversation, Stephen A. Smith? Get the fuck out of here, you fucking dumb fucks. Ryan Clark, all you guys talking about he's a top five. Holy shit. Miss me with the bullshit. Holy shit. That motherfucker ain't no top five nothing. Wait till the motherfucker does some Super Bowl shit. Because I haven't seen it. Two touchdowns in four games. Four picks in four games. And y'all calling him a top five. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. I'm just going to tell you. And his Super Bowl stats have been better. Peyton Manning, by far, has been better. Brady, not close. Montana, not close. Steve Young, not close. Troy Aikman, not close. You can argue that fucking... Um, the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going back. I'm looking at the last Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I'm just going to break this down real quick. The last Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I, I got to be honest. You can argue that there's been some quarterbacks that have played in recent Super Bowls that are never going to be put into the Mahomes category but has played better Super Bowls. And 
you kind of wonder what Brandon Lang said is true. You've dominated a horrible division. You've had home field advantage and you have not done well in two Super Bowls playing against NFC teams. So if you start really to break shit down, but what do I know? JB, you just hate her. No, okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, well, Big Ben has clearly been better in Super Bowls than Mahomes, but he'll never. You, everyone's already put Mahomes over Big Ben. By the way, Big Ben has more Super Bowls. <laughs> He's had a longer career, but we're already putting Mahomes. See, we haven't even mentioned him because, see, we live in a "What have you done for me now?" life, and 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 we put in a we live in a "What have you done for me?" society. That's the problem. What have you done for me lately? Life. And that is why you have what you have. See, that's the problem. See, not a lot of you cats don't realize that shit. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I got. I'm gonna show this again. Right show there. them what they're missing, the Derek Carr. They got some people. They got some people around the league watching this right now. Look at it. Look at it. Let them know. Look at it. Seven seconds. Six. Five. Four. Oh my gosh. Two. Where am I, Derek Carr? Where am I? Where am I? You know what's funny? The funniest part of this whole thing right here. The funniest part is that there's people on Twitter saying, did you see him last night in the skills and drills Pro Bowl festivities? You need to pay this man. That is who I deal with on Twitter. <laughs> that is who I deal with on fucking Twitter. Motherfuckers came out and said he dominated the skills and drills. Y'all need to pay him. And I'm be honest. A lot of you are females. And listen, I love the fact that you have a voice. I love the fact that you come out. And, and you can talk about sports and football. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I'm be honest. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Mina Kimes. You don't know shit about quarterback play. And, and I'm be honest. A lot of you women that have these fucking platforms out there. I love you all for voicing your opinions. But they're unbelievable opinions. They have no factual backup data, analytics, anything to support your fucking opinions. And I love the fact that you can get on social media, create an account, show your tits and be instantly have a hundred thousand followers. And now, you know, more football than me. I get it. That's the life we live. Okay. I get it. But just so you know, shut the fuck up. You don't know shit. 
Derek Carr just threw the ball in fucking shorts and shirts, and he walked by faith. He walked by faith, goddammit, and we love Derek Carr for walking by faith. And listen, if faith brought me money, I would be a rich motherfucker. I'm going to tell you the truth, but it doesn't. And he threw against bags and a net, and you fucking don't understand. <sighs> you guys got to shut the fuck up. I'm just being serious. There's some great women and reporters out there. I'm going to be honest. But, dog, let's be honest. A lot of you just talk to get followers, chase clout, and have retweets. I just tell you the real. <laughs> so, I'm just I'm just being honest. I get it. You got titties. They're out. You look sexy. And now you're a fucking quarterback guru. I get it. And guess what? A lot of you dick writers actually believe her because she looks good and you follow her and you'll take her word over mine. <laughs> ah, trying to tell you, man. Trying to tell you. Unbelievable. I'm fucking believable. Colin Kaepernick supposedly has got a documentary coming out. If you haven't heard about it, uh, it's going to be talking about the realities of inequality in the United States. His latest statement in a new documentary. Uh, he's an executive producer on Hulu's uh, deal. He takes aim at a familiar target, state-sanctioned violence, police, and corruption. The project is set in Bakersfield, California. And it includes another high-profile foe, new house speaker, Kevin McCarthy. So I don't get into, uh, I don't get into politics, okay? Um, the, the Colin Kaepernick is from a town called Truckee, California. If you don't know about where Truckee is, you should go put, get on a map, get on Google. Um, he was adopted. He was raised, uh, for the most part, by a white lady. Go look it up. Uh, I know a lot of his story. I know who recruited him at Nevada. I know who coached him at Nevada. I know his whole staff at Nevada. If you knew the story and the truth, you would laugh. And I, I'm not going to get into all that right now. I'm not here to blast him out or nothing. All I'm here to tell you the truth about it is, is that he took this platform that he made go viral. And he's now abusing it, in my opinion. And, uh, he fucked off his career. He could have been playing, in my opinion. He could have still played. I think he's as good as some of these fucking shitty throwing quarterbacks that are athletic. But he's not because he's been blackballed, as we know. He was blackballed. Um, John Gruden's also been blackballed. Uh, I, I just want to throw it out. There's a lot of guys that are blackballed. But they do their. They make their own bed. You make your bed, you got to sleep in it, dog. I, I'm tired of putting color to it. I'm tired of putting fucking... Uh, this is the reason, this is the why. No, it's not. It's the, the bottom line is we have choices. We make choices. Life's about making choices. You made a fucking choice. So now live with the choice. John Gruden, you made a choice. Now live with the choice. I'm not here to defend any of you, and I'm not here to throw any of you under the bus. I'm here to tell you that we make choices. JB, you made a choice. Guess what, JB? You got to live with it, and I'm living with it every day about the choices that I made. Would I change those choices? Would I? Do I regret the choices? 
Do I apologize for those choices? No, because that's who I am. You have to accept that, dog. Accept it, who I am. That's who I am. I don't apologize for it. I'm fucking, that's who I am. I'm not going to apologize for being who I am. Just like I'm not going to buy an $8 Twitter blue check to prove who I am. If you think $8 is proving who you are, you are fucked up. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand. And now we're seeing people with blue check marks who happen to have like 20,000 followers and everyone thinks they're really a blue check mark person by, by the old standards, meaning that you actually got the blue check mark for who you are, not paying to show who you are. And now you know that this has started a whole new trend. You know this is starting a whole new trend, right? Now you think they know what the fuck they're talking about. Because they paid for a blue check mark, they got 20,000 followers, and now you think they really know what the fuck they're talking about. No, their titties were out, and they look good, and they paid for a blue check mark, and now you all believe they know what the fuck they're talking about. Again, social media has duped you. No, Brendan Cole, Cook, Brendan Cook. No, that's not what you get. You, you don't pay to get your name green on this show. You pay to become a supporter and come in the show. Are you supporting Elon Musk for what? Do you get to talk to Elon Musk like I talk to you? No, you don't. So your, you, you, your statement absolutely carries no weight. It holds no water. You sound actually dumber than you sounded by just being in the room. Now you are absolutely sounding like a fucking idiot. And there's a reason. I don't know. That I don't need you to be green starred. <laughs> That's the problem. That's what you don't get. I could give a fuck less if you become a member of my show. You do realize that, right? You're the people that absolutely, I guarantee if I find you on Twitter, I bet you you pay the $8. You'll pay a guy $8 that you'll never speak to or talk to in your life, and you will support him and make him more of a billionaire than you will the small business and the small guy instead of supporting a real person at a small liquor store or restaurant or your own homeboy. You won't buy his venture but you'll spend $1,000 on Jordans and make this guy richer that you'll never meet. You have no clue who he is. You're that guy. <laughs> That's who you are. I call him a bitch-made cat. That's who you are. You are the epitome of what I call a bitch-made cat. You support motherfuckers you'll never talk to in your fucking life, and they don't even know you exist. They don't know you were a sperm cell and swam into the fucking cavity. They don't know who you are, dog. They don't know. They don't care, but you're making them more money. At least you come in here and holler at a real one. You could actually get on the show, talk to me, talk about real shit. But you're so, you're such a dick rider. 
and you have small dick syndrome that you envy me so much. You want to be on the show, but you don't want to show that you support the show. That's what's wrong with you fucks in America right now. You got a lot of these fucking guys in here that can't understand that they have small dick syndrome. They suffer from it and cannot get out of their own way. They want to talk shit and sound relevant, but yet they don't have any actions to show for. They don't prove themselves. They can't do anything. They can't get out their own way. They just talk and type on their phone. But it is what it is. Uh, maybe one day I'll get the platform to do uh, that. My platform can get to the masses and I'll be able to share some real talk. Um, until then, though, become a member and make your shit green. $1.99. Make sure you are in the Discord. Slap Nation. Uh, $2.99. Another dollar for all you members. And, hey, we'll take some calls today, later on. And uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all this type of shit. Um Hey, man, there's a lot of you guys. If you're not a member, become one today. $1.99, become a member of the Slap Nation Discord. $2.99, Slap Nation, Coach's Crew. Uh, they are they go in there and go ham. They're talking a lot. They, they seem to be enjoying it. Everybody in the chat, Discord, make sure you come on over there. And uh, I try to chime in when I can. I'm ripping and running after the show all day long, so I see the chat. I'll jump in, especially talk to Brian Martinez when he talks about how good LeBron is. Um, so it's good. But a lot of you guys that aren't members, become a member right now, $1.99. Do it up. Hook it up. You guys spend $1.99 every day at Starbucks. Stop fucking lying. See, you guys don't have perspective in life. You guys don't have any perspective in life. That's the thing. You don't have any perspective in life. Let me get into a happy days. Let's break down some real shit. And then I'm going to get into some interview questions. And I'm going to answer interview questions again like I was doing on Tuesday. Because uh, I'm rocking solo today. Uh, let me break this down. Do you judge people who put creamer in their coffee? Coffee is meant to be drank black. I got creamer in my coffee right now, dog. Look, can you see that? This is creamer right now. Somebody brought me Starbucks early this morning. I got the Starbucks right here, and then I put it my own uh, my own hot black coffee. I poured it over the ice in that, and then it's kind of like got a little like vanilla sweet cream or something. Sounds real feminine. I get it, but I can't lie to you because I, I don't tell lies because I'll have to remember, and next time I'll say, damn, I, I think I said I didn't put creamer in my coffee. I don't know. Uh, shit, I got to remember now. No, I don't remember shit. I just tell the truth. So... Let's break down your ideology. Let's break down your uh, thought process here. Do you think coffee should be drank black? Absolutely fucking not. I think black coffee is fucking nasty. I think it's horrible. Why would I drink it if it's nasty? I don't want to drink something that I have to force myself on. People kill me with the shit that they have to drink. I'm drinking straight up yak, homie. I drink cognac straight up. Well, cognac straight up is absolutely fucking nasty. Because it's probably cheap. It's shitty as fuck. And if you think you're dropping your nuts to tell me you're drinking yak straight up, 
is a flex, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> but see, real ones won't tell you that shit. They'll hide and say, fuck, man. Yeah, they're like this. Like, motherfucker, you got to make a face, homie. It ain't good. It ain't good if you got to make a face, dog. My dad used to drink black coffee straight up. Every morning, I'd go to work with him, and I'm like, fuck, that smells horrible. It tastes horrible. Why the fuck would I want that shit? Come on, man. You don't got to be cool. You ain't got to be cool, act like you hard. Motherfucker, please. I wish a motherfucker would test my motherfucking ass drinking coffee with some vanilla in that motherfucker. Shit. I'll beat the fuck out of you, and I'll piss vanilla fucking coffee on your motherfucking ass. Get the fuck out of here. If you think that's what makes you a man, then you're already fucked up, homie. I'm going to be honest. Now, I drink scotch straight up and neat and shit like that, and it's $300 bottle Oban. It's still not a fucking smooth... Yeah, motherfuckers act like it's just water. <laughs> motherfuckers act like it's water and shit. Oh, yeah, that shit went down. Smooth as a motherfucker. $300 Oban, which I drank last night with Sean Salisbury on the show. It's still not fucking water, by the way. But sometimes I like to drink something straight up or on a rock, neat or on a rock. I'll drink straight up scotch. But come on, homie. I'll drink motherfucking a Paloma all motherfucking day. I wish a motherfucker would call me soft for drinking a Paloma. Motherfucker's bomb, and it'll fuck you up. I put a little splash of motherfucking grapefruit juice in there. I put some squirt, all right, soda. And then I put that motherfucking much tequila in there. And then I mix it up. I put a little tahini around the rim, a lime, and call it a wrap. Best fucking drink you've had. Motherfucker, please. See, that's the problem with you motherfuckers. You motherfuckers want to flex a black coffee flex or a straight-up Hennessy flex. You want to flex that shit. But you'll let a man hit a woman all motherfucking day and film it and put it on your Twitter. Now tell me if priorities aren't fucked up. <laughs> tell tell me if priorities aren't fucked up. I'm a man. I drink black coffee. And then you go home and hit a female at your house. But you're a man because you drink black coffee. Get the fuck out of here, you soft pussy motherfuckers. Miss me with your whole fucking black coffee narrative and all that old shit. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. You motherfuckers are got, you got, you, you, you got fucking unbelievable fucking, you got uh very, you're very skewed in how you, uh on how you live life. I'm going to be honest. That's small dick energy. What they call it? Female, what, ladies, what do you guys call it? Small dick energy? Tyson Kent, he said, word on the street is Denver, that Sean Payton chose Denver because 
when he had an interview in Arizona, he thought Kyler wasn't fixable. No joke, bro. Hey, Tyson Kent, appreciate you breaking news, but I think I've said this for like two months. No joke, bro. <laughs> I think I have a show to prove it. When it came out on Pat McAfee and fucking Rich Eisen that he loved Kyler Murray, I believe I came right on my show and said, that's a lie. Don't believe it. He doesn't like Kyler Murray. Shut the fuck up. Y'all like clickbait. Shut the fuck up. I know for a fact he doesn't like Kyler Murray. I think I did this a month ago. Everybody in the chat, please let Mr. Uh, Bro know that I think I'm the one that said this over a month ago. But what do I know? Holy fuck. It's hot in my house. But what do I know? It's Friday. We're looking fire. Um... It is what it is. Uh, don't talk bad on Pat, man. Hope he asks you again. Shut the fuck up. What are you fucking talking about? Some of you dick riders are fucking unbelievable. Shut the fuck up. I talk about who I want, when I want, motherfucker, number one. First of all, don't get it fucking twisted. So that is what I first do, number one. Number two, I don't talk bad about nobody unless I want to. <laughs> And if I do talk, when did I talk bad about Pat? You fucking dick writer. Shut up. God damn. Malik three. Malik number three. Imagine if I gave a fuck what you thought. You now have a shot clock. And guess what the shot clock is? Three, two, one. Beep! You're blocked. Get the fuck out of here. All right. General football coaching question interviews. All right. Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about this general football interview questions. I started talking about it the other day. And I got into it and I started getting into it. And I started showing that we talk about these interviews. And uh I tried to tell you guys years ago on my show, my coaching show, when I started a coaching show, I started telling people 99.9% .9 of the jobs that you interview for are already hired. The jobs already, they already know who they're hiring. They already know who they're hiring growing into the game. Just so everybody understands, they already know who you're hiring when you go into these jobs. They just want to have a backup plan in case the guy they want doesn't accept. So you understand that is how it really goes. And the football question is they're, they're fucking unbelievably bad. Administrations are half-ass interviewers. They put half-ass effort into the interview. It's a slap in the face. And that is why I control the narrative. And I try to tell people, you better start controlling the interviews. Don't be controlled on the interview. You take over and control the interview. That is why I ask questions first. And I let them know right from the gate. I need to ask you a series of questions before you ever ask me one. Because if before these questions you ask me, I need to know 
the buy-in. I need to know the autonomy. I need to know certain things that I will have because if not, I don't need to interview and answer your fucking shitty ass Google questions off of Indeed. That is how important this job is to you. See, I, I've been on good interviews when I understand that they've actually put in some work to find out who I really am and what I really am about. And they're not fucking Indeed questions online. They are real, real thought out scenarios. You don't see, I've been on so many fake interviews where they're just asking you a fucking set of Google questions. And I'm sitting there like, did you get these questions on fucking Google? I've literally asked that to a committee before. Did you get these questions on Google? Do you even know the answer to the question? How does the interviewer not know the real answer to a question? And you are the one interviewing. How the fuck could you ask another person a question and you have to Google the answer to the question? Now, let that sink in to all you people out there. Let that really sink in. Okay? Let this sink in. How can you ask me a football-related question and you don't know the answer? See, that's the problem. See, a lot of you don't understand that when you take these interviews. A lot of you go and take these interviews and think that you have to get the job. And fuck, man, I don't know if I answered the questions right. Dog, the questions are bullshit. That's why I ask the questions. And if you can't handle that, then don't hire me. And I've walked out of interviews before, before you even asked me a question. Because first, I'm asking you the questions that I want to know. I need to know. So, I'm just telling you. Um, here's a question that you get asked all the time. What do you want to work for? Why do you want to work for our team? Why do you want to be the head coach of XY institution? Why do you want to be the, the head coach of XY University? Why do you want to be the head coach at XY High School? That's always a great question. It's really not a great question, but it's a, it's a dumb fucking slap in the face question. All right. So a lot of you sit there and you come down with this whole fucking Book of Worms, like, oh, well, I've always dreamed about coaching here at XY University. I've always dreamed about fulfilling my, my, my lifelong goal of being the head coach at XY University. I've always seen myself in the blue and gold. Shut the fuck up. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, goddamn. No, you haven't. The reason you want to take the job at XY University is to excel your career. Be honest. <laughs> That's what I'm telling them. This is what I'm telling the person interviewing me. And they sit there and look wide-eyed open. They're like this. You really say that? Yes, I did say that. You know why I said that? This is why I say it. And then you flip it on their ass and you fuck their head over. And now they're sitting there like, well, damn, that does make sense. The reason I want to use your job to excel my career. And in doing so, 
I am going to absolutely crush this job. I am not going to shop jobs while I'm on this job. I'm going to take this job so serious because I want to build this program into a national powerhouse so that the next coach that comes in here is going to either be handpicked selectively by your committee because this job now is a top five job when I leave it. Right now, there's only five guys interviewing for this job. So how fucking much of a good job really is it? You're a shit show institution. You have no culture. You've never won. You absolutely have fucking the inmates running the asylum. Your fucking facilities are absolute dog shit. And you're asking me why I want to be the head coach of your institution? <laughs> this is why. I want to turn your program around so I can get a big job. That is why. And then look at you. And I'm going to say, in doing so, I'm going to build you a weight room, a fucking locker room, a fucking equipment room, a fucking facility where kids can enjoy themselves, a fucking turf fucking practice field. What I've done at four other schools, exactly what I just said I'll do. Ask Independence Community College. Why don't you ask them what they got? Why don't you ask them what they had before I took the job? Why don't you ask them what I said on my interview? I said exactly what I'm telling you right now. And you know what? A real fucking lady hired me because she fucking was real. And she knew what she had and she knew what she wanted. That is the problem with half of you interviewers and interviewees. You all think you need the job. You have to have it. No, you don't. If you have to have the job, you are already lost. You've already lost. You, that means you have no autonomy. They have you by the balls. You are their puppet. That is what the real is. I'm not taking that job. I'm not taking that job. I need to have full autonomy. So the reason I want to be your head football coach is to excel my career, promote my career. In doing so, I'm going to build you a national powerhouse institution, high school, JUCO. I'm going to build you facilities. I'm going to fundraise. I'm going to bring the best players in America here. Your school is now going to be nationally recognized when I leave here. And if you can't handle that truth, don't hire me. I say that before I ever answer your other questions. Because guarantee you, the first question you're going to be asked on a fucking interview is, why do you want to coach here? Why do you want to coach here? That is what they're going to ask. So, the second question they're going to ask you, what qualifications do you have? What qualifies you to be our head football coach? It's real simple. I have a fucking manual. I pass it around and I show 275 kids I've sent Division I, 28 to the NFL, eight won a Super Bowl, one Pro Bowl MVP, the highest GPA, highest graduation rate, highest retention rate, highest transfer rate. No one's ever been arrested. No one ever leaves the four-year institution after leaving my fucking place. And that is the proof in the pudding. I don't need to answer your question and go into detail. The proof is right fucking here. Google me, bitch. That's what I should do now. I might go in there and say, you know what? Google me. I'm not answering that shit. 
Google my motherfucking question. <laughs> Google why I'm worth. Google my qualifications. See, a lot of you motherfuckers, a lot of you want to go into this whole thing. Well, I got a master's degree in sociology, and uh, you know what? I I, I I was a JV head coach for three years, and then I, I got a job at the varsity job, and then I went to the varsity. I was an offensive line coach for three years. And you know what? I, I got our first kid a scholarship to uh, to uh, uh, Lior and Rain, uh, the D3 school, and, you know, he, he did well, but he, shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Motherfucker, this is the real right here. Here it is. Bam. Put it on a PowerPoint. Bam. If you don't let me show the PowerPoint on who I am, then you're not fucking getting another question off. I'm leaving. If they don't let you present a PowerPoint, leave the interview. Walk the fuck out. Force them to see your accolades. Force them to see what you are because now you have proof. Bring up articles of what you've done legitimately source the thing cite your fucking source and if they don't let you cite the source on a powerpoint walk the fuck out What aspects about being a football coach do you enjoy the most? And why is that? There's another fucking great shocking question. (laughs) What aspects about being a football coach do you enjoy the most? (sighs) Like, do I have to answer this question? Because if I have to answer this question, then... It seems to be pretty fucking irrelevant because if I wasn't at this interview, I would be at a Walmart interview interviewing to bag groceries. So what aspects about being a football coach do I enjoy most? Well, that shouldn't be a fucking one of your questions because I wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy football, right? So does the do the aspects really fucking matter? Uh, <laughs> I'm here to coach football for a reason. Like, I would go to JCPenney Warehouse and interview if I didn't fucking want to be here. So what do you mean? What aspects? Here's the aspects I enjoy. Dealing with an AD who's psycho, who doesn't want to give me money for a budget, who won't allow me to recruit. He won't allow me to have certain things. I have to use fucking Russell gear instead of Adidas because he won't give me a budget. He won't let me fundraise either. He won't let me hire full-time coaches. These are all aspects I love, people. I love these aspects of your institution. Um, you won't let me have full-time teachers on campus. Uh, these are so, these are, there's so many aspects to this that I love. Like, like, you got to be shitting me. Come on. You got to be shitting me, right? Uh, I mean, dog, it's fucking unbelievable. The aspects of coaching football is because I love the kids. What do you mean? That's the only reason I'm here. You're not giving me a million dollars and you're not giving me fucking shit else. I got to go build this whole fucking program. What do you mean? What aspects? How do you stay updated on the latest coaching news and information? Oh, I love this question. I love this question. 
How do you stay updated on the latest coaching news and information? <laughs> if you're asking me this, then you shouldn't be interviewing me. See, a lot of these motherfuckers interview coaches and they have no fucking clue what an AFCA is. They have no idea what the National Coaching Convention is, the American Football Coaches Association is, uh, which I've been a member of 20 years. They have no idea. These coaches that actually get these interviews have no idea what the AFCA is. That's how fucking bad it is. That's how bad the hiring people are nowadays, by the way. This is how bad the hiring parties are. Um, tell me about an aspect of your previous coaching position that you would change going forward. Don't you love that question? Tell me about one aspect of your previous coaching position that you would change. The other great one is, in your opinion, what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses of being a football coach? I got I to gotta be honest. Is that not the biggest oxymoron question? Give me your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. <laughs> well, my greatest strength is probably my greatest weakness. I'm loyal. <laughs> uh, motherfuckers can't understand that shit. So you can't understand that shit. A lot of you cannot grasp the concept. This is an oxymoron. It is not a real question. I cannot give you my greatest strengths and my greatest weaknesses. They cancel each other out. That makes no sense to ask someone this question. It is an absolute bullshit question, and I let the committee know that. Do not ask me my greatest strengths and weaknesses. It is a fucking oxymoron. My greatest strength is that I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to be honest. My greatest strength is I'm the best recruiter in America and kids want to play for me. My greatest weakness is that I'm the greatest recruiter in America and kids want to play for me. What? You heard me, right? How is that even true? Because when I get the greatest players in America, guess what? All the other coaches hate on me. They think I'm cheating. They think I'm a thief. They think I'm stealing. So now I'm a bad person because I'm the greatest recruiter in America. I just You just asked me what my greatest strengths were. I just told you I'm the greatest recruiter in America. You asked me what my greatest weakness was. I just told you I'm the greatest recruiter in America. You asked a fucking question, you get a fucking answer. See, that's the problem. A lot of you motherfuckers don't understand what your greatest strengths are, your greatest weaknesses. I'm, I'm the most loyal person I know. That's your greatest strength? Yes, sir. What's your greatest weakness, coach? I'm the most loyal person you know. No, your greatest weakness. I'm the most loyal person you know. That's your weakness? Yes. Why? Because never, ever, 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 ever be surprised at getting stabbed in the back. Just be surprised when you turn around and see who's holding the fucking knife. It might be your fucking homeboy from 35 years. That is why it is a weakness. That is why it is a strength. But see, a lot of you fuckers can't even grasp what I'm telling you. A lot of you don't even understand what the fuck I'm saying right now. You're fucking in shock. You're like, oh my God, I never thought about this shit. I've always answered the questions from Google Indeed. <laughs> see, when you get become 46 years old and have a resume like I have... I don't need to answer your questions anymore in a yes, sir type of way. I control the narrative and the interview now. And if you don't hire me and you don't like me, that's your loss, not mine. That's how I am now. That is where I've become. 
That is how I am. So the, 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 the best one, though, how do your capabilities as a football coach make you the most ideal candidate for this position? Don't you guys love that one? All you guys have interviewed love that one, right? How does your capabilities as a football coach make you the most ideal candidate for this coaching position? Well, if I didn't have capabilities as a football coach, I wouldn't be interviewing for a football coaching position, would I? Another dumb fucking question. Another fucking question that admin needs to take out. See, one day maybe I'll be the guy that hires coaches. Maybe I'll be an AD somewhere. I'm going to hire these coaches, and the, and the questions are going to be so fucking raw and real that they're going to walk in, and I'm going to really know who the fuck I'm hiring because the questions aren't going to be on Google searches. The questions are going to be really, really applicable to what the fuck's going on every day. Here's the question one that JB would ask. All right, want to hear it? Here we go. All right, Eric, I'm going to interview you. All right. I'm going to interview you. Here's the question. Two black kids walking down the street, two Hispanic kids walking towards them. Uh, a fight breaks out in front of your school. Uh, break down what you would do. Has any of you had that question? Have any of you had that question on your interview as the head coach? No, you haven't. Shut the fuck up. No, you haven't. I'm asking that question. I'm asking that question. I want to know that answer. I want to know that answer. I want to know the answer, how you not only prevent that from happening, how you rectify that from occurring again, and how you clean it up on your campus. Because if you don't have a fucking campus that can be conducive to learning and understanding. We don't have to worry about getting smoked every day. But see, a lot of you have never coached in that environment. That's the only environment I've ever coached in. Here's another one. I understand you're a part-time. This job is not full-time. It is part-time. What makes you want to take a part-time coaching job that doesn't really have a big salary? And what are the hours that you are willing to put in on this part-time job? I want to know that question answer. I want to know that answer. I want to know that answer. I want to know that answer. What hours are you willing to put in in a part-time job? Because there's nothing worse than a part-time part-timer. And people don't understand just because it's not a full-time coaching job it is still a full-time fucking job. A lot of you don't understand it, don't even have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. You don't have a fucking clue what I just said. You have no fucking clue what I just said. You have no clue. Interviewing coaches. I want to know where you've coached. I want to know who you've coached. I want to know Coach Davis. Coach Davis. Coach Davis, you're interv I'm interviewing you, Coach Davis. 
Coach Davis, what are you? O-line, D-line guy? What are you by nature, Coach Davis? Coach Davis, what are you? Um, what what uh, what do you coach by nature? What is your what is your where's your, what's your safe haven? You an O line guy? You a D line guy? You a OC DC? What are you by nature? Backer guy? Um, I only see your face, but I can't see uh, what you uh, you know you know you know as a coach you usually see a guy and like okay this motherfucker O line guy that guy's a D line guy. You never really see a 5'8 little guy walk in and coach an interview for the O-line, right? Um, D-line coach. Perfect. All right. So Coach Davis is interviewing with me. I'm interviewing Coach Davis. And here's the interview process. This is how it kind of goes. I'm bringing them in. I said, Coach, all right, that's a real deal. Used to, I used to bring coaches in, and they would actually spend the day with me. I would fly you in to interview you, and you would actually attend a spring practice if I'm interviewing guys for in, during the spring. If so I say I lost a coach, I need to hire another one, I'm bringing you in, and you're going to go through practice with me. You're actually going to coach a position in practice with my players. And it, a lot of guys are scared to do that. I will put a coach on the job for one day. I'm paying for you to come. I'm paying for your hotel. I'm paying for your food. So in essence, I'm paying for you for one day. So I want to see what you can do with my kids. So the first question to Coach Davis is I would ask him, first of all, do you want to be a head coach? That's number one. If I was a social worker and I'm interviewing someone, I would say, do you want to run this company at some point? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be a COO? Do you want to be a director? Do you want to be the director of this? And if they say no, I would stand up and shake your hand and say, thank you for the coming in. They'd be like, that's it? Yes. Because if you don't want my job, then I don't need you. If you don't want to be the leader at some point, you have no admiration on climbing the ladder. You have no lofty goals. You are set in your ways to be average. I don't need more average motherfuckers around me. So I don't give a fuck what job it is. If I'm interviewing you, I want to know, are you going to, do you want to sit in my chair at some point? Now, that doesn't mean backstab me and be shady about it. That means, are you willing to work this hard to be a head coach sometime in your life? If you say no, then I'm going to stay, get the fuck out. I don't need you. Second question is Coach Davis, we do dynamic warm-up. I take my offensive staff and put them with the defensive coaches. I take my defensive coaches and put them with the offensive coach. I I put my uh, defensive coaches and put them with the offensive players. I take the offensive coaches and put them with the defensive players. That is how we warm up every day. How comfortable are you as a black D-line coach talking to my white quarterback? From fucking Iowa. How can the white fucking backwood O-line coach with a mouthful of dip go talk to the black corner from Mississippi and talk to his ass in stretch line? If you can't relate with every position on the football field, regardless of your color, background, ethnicity, I don't give a fuck, then you cannot coach for me. If you cannot go over and bullshit with the D-line as an O-line coach, you cannot coach for me. If you can't relate with the receivers 
and the fucking running backs as a D-line coach, you cannot coach for me. That is just the truth. Too often do you see coaches who will never even talk on the other side of the football. And I'm sure you see that in your regular jobs. I'm sure you see that in your regular jobs every day. I'm sure Lucy sees motherfuckers that, oh, man, I'm not going over to Billing. I can't stand Billing. The motherfucking people in Billing are fucking unbelievable. I can't stand Billing. But guess what? You got to deal with the motherfuckers at some point or HR to get your fucking check. You better learn how to talk to the motherfuckers. I like to talk to all these motherfuckers. I want to know every single motherfucker and know what buttons I can push with those motherfuckers. See, a lot of you are so stuck in your fucking ways that you just can't figure it out. You refuse to figure it out because you think you're stuck in being part-time part-timers. There is no such thing as part-time part-timer. If you're a part-time part-timer, I don't want nothing to do with you. Just being honest. Oh, I know you see it, uh, Coach Davis. I know you see it. That shit's real. You see it. You see it all the time. Um, see it all the time. I love the questions when they ask coaches too. Like, so Johnny gets a concussion. We think he has a concussion. What is the protocol that you go through? Uh, I send him to the trainer that you guys hired, and the team doctor, and then I keep coaching. It's not, don't ask me no dumbass trick question, motherfucker. See, they want you to say some bullshit. Well, I'm going to make sure he's okay, and then I'm going to try to get him back out there on the field. Well, we may want to do that in real life, but guess what? Nowadays, in this PC-ass fucking universe, you can't say that shit. So guess what? You know what? I'm sending him to the doctor and the trainer. You guys handle him, and let me know when he's healthy. <laughs> you know what? Coach Davis, you know who the first motherfucker I hire is? See, a lot of you won't, we won't like this. The first person that I hire, that is why I want full autonomy, is the fucking trainer. I hire the trainer. I hire the trainer first over everyone else. I hire the trainer. I want to know if I can hire the trainer. That is the first question I ask on an interview. Now I'm giving you some real shit that I don't want to really, I didn't want to really give out. But now I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, oh, fuck it. A lot of coaches won't even tell you real shit on, at a clinic. They won't even tell you. You, you already know they won't tell you that shit. Um, but I'm telling you the real. <clears throat> so having said that, okay. Having said that and being honest, why do I hire a trainer? Okay, here's why. First of all, I'm not here to get over on the trainer and abuse the trainer's privileges and try to sucker that motherfucker to let my players play. If my player has a concussion, I'm not going to put his fucking life at risk out there with his fucking hemorrhage brain out there and say, oh, fuck it, trainer, hook him up. No, that's not why I hire a trainer. I hire a trainer so that they we can work together and make sure that these motherfuckers are properly equipped, properly seen, and a proper evaluation. Because a lot of trainers will hold you out by the letter of the law, not by what's really going on with the body. 
So I want a real legitimate trainer that says, Coach, you know what? This motherfucker's soft. He ain't hurt at all. He's lying. See, you don't have any trainers doing that no more. The trainer now is telling you that this kid is out for six weeks because of XYZ. No, he's not. He's out because the fucking law and the rule says he's out for XYZ. But really, he's soft and lying. I want the trainer to tell me the real. So then I can go to the kid and say, look, I'm cutting you today. And they're saying, why are you cutting me, coach? The trainer said I was out for six to eight weeks. No, he didn't. He said you're out six to eight weeks because that's what the rule says. But you have nothing wrong with you whatsoever. That's the difference. And that is why you need a trainer that has your back, that you have his or her back, and that you can work together on. And then you go down the staff hires. But the trainer is number fucking one. Priority one. Do not ever take a job if a trainer has been there 40 years and he's on his out. Do not take that job. You are set up for fail, dog. You are setting your motherfucking self up for failure. Do not do it. If you go and take a job that has a trainer that's been there for 40 years, he is so stuck in his motherfucking ways, you're fucked. Don't do it. Jason Bradley says he takes his kid to private trainer and orthopedic. You would never play for me. <laughs> Your kid would never play for my motherfucking ass. I tell you that right now. That's number one meeting number one. Guess what? Meeting number one, all players. You get seen by my trainer who I just hired, who I just told you why I hire a trainer number one. You see our trainers. If you go to a personal doctor or trainer, you will be cut immediately. Oh, my God, why? I've been seeing my family doctor for 30 years. Yeah, your family doctor will fuck me. Your family doctor is going to write a fucking note that keeps you out for six fucking weeks. Guess what? You won't play for me, motherfucker. You see my trainer, my doctor, my motherfucking football doctor. I don't want you to go to your ortho and tell me that you have a fucking strained hamstring. No. That's the po worst possible scenario for your kid is to take them to your fucking private, uh, private fucking doctor. Private physicians are fucking horrible. Don't ever take your kid to a private physician if you want to play football. They're the fucking worst. And you are enabling your son to be soft as pussy. Just seeing you say that shit irks the fuck out of me. That tells me you never played really fucking high-level football. That tells me that you really never played football. Because if you really played football, you never went to your own doctor. Not my I Fuck no, I ain't going to see the doctor. You saw your team doctor and trainer who the coaches hired to make sure that that motherfucker gets you back on the fucking field. 
Fuck a team doc. A fuck a private physician's note. You know what you get a private physician's note for? To get you out of class, motherfucker. Not off the football field. Get the fuck out of here with that private physician shit. No, you go see my motherfucking doctor. And if I see you go to another doctor outside of this facility, you are cut. Then, hey, then don't play football, Jason Bradley. As a parent, don't have your son play football. If you want to feel better about it, don't play football. If you want to feel better about your son going to a private doctor, don't play football. Just going to be honest. It ain't made for everybody, dog. Everybody's not going to play football. I, Jason Bradley, I don't know you, and I don't know what your kid is. I am just, I get the sense that your son is one of these coddled kids who come to school every day and have always got a note and fucking runny nose and is always hurt. Motherfucker has every excuse. He probably go on six family vacations during the summer. You probably go on a fucking uh, retreat with your fucking church, and you miss fucking two-a-days, and you miss fucking weights. And you can't ever be at practice because you have some fucking family function. That is what vibe you give me. Just being real. (laughs) In all those instances, I'm cutting your son. Oh, coach, I got a family reunion in July. Well, we have fucking camp. If you go on that family reunion, you stay on that family reunion. You need to move to fucking Biloxi, Mississippi for the family reunion because you're not going to play here. Oh, man, that's fucked up because I have the fire. I don't give a fuck. That is why coaches, it's imperative, coaches, that you take your calendar and you create your team calendar in January. Actually, it's already done the year before, but you in January, you give it to your team and you make them give it to your parents. And you say, these are the dates all the way through football season. So, You, as a family, can be fair and upfront and say, now you schedule your fucking life around football. And if you don't, you know what happens? You know why there's so much conflict? Because coaches are so unorganized and unfucking willing to put in the work, to create an agenda, create calendars, create schedules, so they can be on task and stay on task. And give it to the parents so you don't have to worry about this argument. This argument should never exist if you're an organized fucking coach. Have the schedule done. And then when they come out and say, well, coach, in fucking August, I, I told you I had a family reunion. Well, you got the schedule, right? You see when the, what August is for us, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's it. There's no argument. Hey, he's either here or he's not. There's no argument. There's no argument. It shuts it down. It shuts down the argument, dog. If you do your due diligence and you put in the work to create calendars and schedules and you give it to your kids early and often, and now the parents have no fucking excuse because I'm just telling you, if you do not do those things, the parents will own you. The parents will own you. So guess what? Get the fucking proactive. Get being proactive. Create the fucking schedule. Hand it out. Create an email. Send it out on an email. Your ass is covered. The parent has it. You have a parent meeting right on day one. You give it out to them. You give it to the kid. You email it to them. They've got it three ways to Sunday, and there's no fucking excuse. 
Can't tell me they didn't get the email. You can't tell me they didn't get it in person. You can't tell me Johnny didn't give it to their mommy. Because you gave it to the mommy, you gave it to Johnny, and you emailed it. So you have it on one of those fucking manners, and there's no excuse. And guess what? The fucking calendar says July 30 or July 20th through August 20th, we have camp. August 20th to August 29th, you're off. Or whatever the fuck schedule you made. And now there's no excuse for a family reunion. There's no excuse for the family retreat. There's no excuse for the church retreat. There's no excuse for the fucking excuses that you have to make more fucking assholes out of us than you already do. So do that, coaches. Get prepared. Be proactive. Create that shit because I'm tired of seeing coaches bitch and suck their teeth when the kid don't show up for summer camp. Well, did you give them a schedule? What do you mean? I didn't give them a schedule. We run. No, that's you. it's your fault. It's a you problem, coach. But what do I know? What do I know? What about funerals? Well, if it's high school, I, I don't know. I never miss cat on funerals. I'm just going to tell you, dog. It seems like funerals, family functions, it's always some fucking white school that has these issues. I never, I've never had, I've never missed a poly, a black kid, an Hispanic kid. I've never missed practice for a funeral. But every time I go to a white school, they miss fucking practice for funerals. Why is that? I, I, I'm just asking that question. I don't know why. I think the inner city kid knows and the parents know that unless it's their dad or mom or, you know, funerals are a fucking crutch, like mental health. We use funerals as a crutch to, to get out of shit now. Who died? My cousin's third cousin, auntie's sister. <laughs> like, let's keep it real. My cousin's auntie's sister's cousin uh, died. And uh, so you got to go to that motherfucker? How many times you met this motherfucker? Oh, uh, I never met her. Why the fuck you going to the funeral? Get the fuck out of here. Your ass ain't got to go to that fucking funeral. It ain't going to miss you one motherfucking bit. But the white folks, man, my sister's auntie's sister, you know, she was married to my brother. My brother got married to this lady and this fucking, they say gal. Yeah, I got my gal. <laughs> the, the gal got married to my fucking brother and then my brother got married and they, and then his sister and then they had this kid and this fucking kid, you know, they, they, she got ran over on fucking one-on-one and we got to go to the funeral. Well, you're cut. For you to explain all that shit to me about the funeral that you go to that you don't even know who the fuck it is, you're cut. Don't mispractice, motherfucker. You <laughs> better tell your mom. Shit. And people don't get it, dog. Like, it's a, you call me an asshole because I didn't allow you to do this and do that. No, it's not. You want me to get you a scholarship. You want me to push you and promote you to all these coaches so you can get a scholarship. And your mamas, what does the mom pull kids out of high school for? Because they didn't get my son a scholarship. That's number one. My kid didn't get a scholarship. We're out of here. You only help Johnny and Freddie. You don't look out for my son. 
Oh, you mean the son that went to six family reunions, missed six practices a week, never fucking sat in the front row like I asked him, has a fucking 1.7 GPA, he's 5'9 and runs a 5'9. You mean that son? <laughs> Come on, man. Miss me with that bullshit. TJ, you know the real. You know the deal. Shit. TJ, I mean, we you, shit. We know you know the deal. We had funerals, but dog, if cats want to play, then you're gonna you're gonna be there. I'm just being honest. Being honest. That's what it is. Um. That's what it is, dog. Sorry. A lot of you don't get it. A lot of you don't get it. But uh, I don't know. The, uh, the, when is the, uh, when is the, uh, when is the, when is the Glazer Clinic? Somebody asked me about the Glazer Clinic. When is the Glazer Clinic? Um, I'm curious as to when the Glazer Clinic is. Um, I'm curious when the Glazer is. I think it's February out here. Um, it's in Kansas City, Vegas. It's in a few different places, but I think it's here in, in Cali, too, uh, every year. Uh I usually go and talk to some old friends and shit. I usually go just for one day and have some drinks with people. Um, so. So, you know, it is what it is. Um. No football this weekend. We got uh, you got basketball, of course. It's a boring time of the year right now, and football is about to end. But at least you get the XFL, USFL. Uh, you get Canada later on in the spring again, and now Arena League, Indoor League. Uh, big announcement coming uh, next week. Um, as I'll I'll be having uh, Tim Brown, legendary Hall of Fame Raider receiver. He'll be joining the show. Uh, we're gonna have an announcement on the show actually that he's gonna come on. So excited to see that one come out. Um, you got UFC this weekend. You got uh, you got all kind of shit. So we'll see. Yeah, I might be out there. Uh, I might be out there. I'm thinking about uh, go support your local semi-pro team, Derek says. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to be at the Glazer. Uh, if I'm in town, uh, I'll be there. Um, also, I think I'm going to start going around clinicking coaches again. Uh, Sean Salisbury and I may be going around clinicking staff. So if you guys want me to come to your school and clinic your staff, let me know. I'm going to be posting some announcements um, here shortly, uh, like today. Uh, we have some things that are being made. Uh, we're going to announce that because this is the time of the year. 
We might be, I might be going out on a tour again. If you want to book me, um, let me know and I'll come out, um, and I'll clinic your staff for a full day and a half, all inclusive, everything from admin to weight room, to discipline, to structure, to X's and O's. Uh, I'm going to talk it all. Um, I've been clinicking on zoom and I just, I hate zoom. I want to be in person. Uh, I want to see your eyes. I want you to know, um, what you're getting. So, uh, and I'll talk to your players as well. So I'm doing that. I might be doing that again. COVID kind of fucked that whole thing up and it's kind of never rebounded from three years, uh, to be honest. So I, I, I was booked like 21 times all around the America and COVID hit and that shit became so it just became an afterthought, man. I never did it again. I think I'm going to try to do it again because clinicking uh, coaches is a passion of mine. You got to be able to clinic coaches so coaches can get the real. They need the real. So the coach that has a jealous one's envy of me or just it thinks it's a dick measuring contest, put your ego aside. You will thank me later. You will absolutely love it. Bring me in. Let me chop it up with your staff and yourself, and you will have the best experience you've ever. You will gain more knowledge from me than any fucking Glazer clinic, any AFCA clinic, any fucking coach online from me. Trust me. Ask around. See what they tell you. Anyway, um, Man, I might have to come to Jersey. I got a lot of Jersey and Boston fans, man. A fan base out there in New York, Jersey, and Boston is pretty impressive. I appreciate all you guys on the East Coast, man. Pretty impressive. I got that Jersey following. Um, but, um, you know, is what it is. Um, hey, man, it's Fearless Friday. Go be fearless. Enjoy the weekends, festivities. Uh, no football. Um, next week, head to Radio Row. Um, we'll see how that ends up. Um, I really don't want to go. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but I might have to, and, and do some things. Go see my boy, Pat Perez, getting back from Saudi Arabia, live golf, go watch the live, uh, play today. Um, and, uh, or it's in Saudi Arabia. So, uh, you might have to watch that. Uh, they got the new TV network, by the way. Um, they got a lot of money by the way. Um, but anyway, Go watch that, man. And uh, Stephen Wilsey, I appreciate you, brother. I love my Kansas City crew, man. I love Kansas City. Always have. I give you guys shit because Pat Mahomes. I love the haters that Pat Mahomes brings out, but it is what it is. I love that shit. Um, but I do love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody. Uh, and uh, I'll see you guys, man, on the other side. I'll see you Monday for Minutes Monday. And... Uh, Great day to have a great fucking day. I'll holler at you guys later, man. Enjoy the weekend. Peace. <laughs>